Hello, film fans. Welcome to the Film vs. Film podcast. My name is Martin Harris, your host, and I'm joined by the film encyclopedia man, Boaz Dix. We are a couple of filmmakers on occasion, but mainly can't stop yapping about movies. On this podcast, every fortnight we pick a film topic. Myself and Boaz pick our favourite film from that topic, and we battle it out in three categories, directing, acting, and screenplay, and we score them out of ten to decide which film will become the greatest film of all time according to two film geeks from Wiltshire, England. Enjoy! Hello, film fans. This week on the Film vs. Film podcast, as uh, the film The Dig is out on Netflix uh, this January, we're going to have a look at Ralph Fiennes' films, as he stars in that. So we thought we'd do our favourite Ray Fine films. So what's your pick, Mr. Encyclopedia Man? <laughs> I, uh, my pick was Const- The Constant Gardener. Why did you pick that? Um, literally, it was one of the very few Ray Fiennes films I could actually remember watching. So. Oh, right. <laughs> that was basically it. I was just trying to think, okay. what is a Ray Fiennes film? And then I remembered I had watched uh, The Constant Gardener. You know, so, uh, right. yeah, so that's why. I I, yeah, that's one, one of very few Ray Fiennes films I haven't seen, actually. So mm. it was really interesting to watch this one hmm. um do you want to kick things off or yeah 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 sure um so the directing first or screenplay maybe the constant gardener is about ray fines plays a guy called justin who works for the british government he 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 gets um this woman who's like an activist ends up marrying him and Rachel uh, Wise, yeah. When they go to Africa and stuff she's very much uh trying to uncover this conspiracy that the drugs being pushed in uh, Africa for um, AIDS and TB are not very good. Do you know what I mean? They're actually quite deadly. Yeah, they're trying to, the British government and the drug companies trying to cover it up, co- trying to cover up these deaths, aren't they? Yeah. Tessa, Rachel Wise's character, is trying to, like, uncover it, which obviously leads to her death. And then you, you find uh, Ralph Fiennes' character trying to figure out what the hell's going on, why why was she killed, and he goes on this mm. big journey. I think Tess is one of my favourite characters, I think. I think Wise is brilliant. Yeah. Um, and there's a bit at a party, and she's talking to one of the doctors running the health clinics in Africa, and she's wondering why like the essential medicine isn't reaching the local people, and she says to the doctor, we've been wondering, is that a standard cock-up, Dr. Garby, or were pills converted into the limo you, you arrived in? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, so, she's always uh, quite, like, sharp. Garber. Yeah, yeah, the she's doctor. quite sharp-tongued and quite, uh, yeah, quite mm, outspoken. Very sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even when she meets him, uh, Ray Fine's character, he's uh, sticking up for the British government's response to the Iraq war. And she's a reporter, and she goes completely mental on him. And the whole Iraq War, calling it Vietnam War Part Two or something. Certainly, Ralph Fiennes in the beginning is fairly reserved. Yeah, very reserved. Because there's that great scene near the beginning where he's like doing a lecture to all these students, and then Tessa uh, Tessa speaks up hmm. and basically has an argument yeah, yeah, <laughs> with yeah. him. And Ralph is basically really pol- tries to continue to be polite and professional. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> Everyone like leaves the room, and yeah. she gets really annoyed. But in the end, and they end up getting together. But you find out later on that it's just all a ploy. Yeah, 
to get close to the drug companies to uncover this conspiracy, you know, and obviously Ralph Fiennes falls for her. It's got a really great dynamic for Fiennes' character when he finds out that Tessa just used him to get close to the drug companies, but a few of the other characters that he meets along the journey, you know, do tell him that, you know, Tessa did genuinely love you, but... It's just that battle in his head that he's got is like, did she actually love me or didn't yeah. she? Did she just lose? Well, uh, I, I like the um, you know? I like the whole uh, thing that they were setting up with her and her confidant, you know, that were doing the research. Uh, that's really oh, is it Arnold? Arnold? <laughs> Arnold? Yeah, 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 that's the one. Arnold. Yeah, yeah. But uh, even then, you know, you can tell he's quite. He's not sure if she genuinely likes him, you know, because uh, mm. she's very close with Arnold and. And uh, they're always going out together and collecting research and stuff and, you know, going on his, his business trips, you know, to Africa and doing their thing. Well, uh, there's even that bit where Tessa tries to blackmail Sandy to get the letter, I think, to yeah, see the yeah. letter. And uh, she's fully prepared to literally use her body for sex to get what she wants with him. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to get what I want, you know. Yeah, I suppose maybe it goes into screenplay. But, you know, where... Uh, it goes into a shot of her with because you know she's expecting a baby, and uh, yeah. it goes into a shot with her with a you know a black baby, and I was like, oh my god, you know, mm. drama. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, yeah but, it, but it's actually but it's yeah, it's it's some other woman's baby. yeah, it's another girl's baby who's dying she of uh, who's dying well, of the dies. drug. Yeah, 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 she dies of the drug. Yeah, so that was quite that was quite a good reveal. But I do think like she genuinely did like him, you know, love him or whatever. You but it, yeah, I do reckon. But I think the film definitely leaves it in doubt whether yeah, yeah, true. she did or not. But yeah. Because certainly for Ralph finds his death scene, he's looking back at Tessa a lot and their time together. Yeah. Just yeah. I think just for his own peace of mind, I guess, moments before he's going to die, because he knows he is, really, that he's just trying to cling on to that, that fact that um, Tessa did love him he's just trying to make make himself believe it if you know before he dies you know he's trying to hang on to that emotion yeah you know just trying to not to have that sense of doubt in his mind before he dies yeah which i found really interesting one problem i do have with like i suppose films like this is the conspiracy can be a bit maybe hard to follow do you know what i mean yeah a little bit because it very much starts out as a love story doesn't it yeah yeah pretty much yeah and then that kind of goes away you know, some of it can be, I think, like frequent time jumps uh, and and things like that make it mm. also a little bit harder to follow as well. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of felt like, you know, exactly where are we time wise? Mm. You know, in some. In I don't some, think it was uh, too instances. hard to follow. I think there's a lot of like flashback memory stuff. I think um, with yeah. Ralph finds his character looking back at Tessa. Certainly in the opening the film you know they start with tessa's death and then you the next scene is them meeting for the first time Mm. and then they go to his place and have a nice time (laughs) yeah so there is a bit of jumping around but i don't think it's that difficult i don't think to follow in the beginning and then after that it's very much memories i think what was it the only kind of like really funny line that sort of stuck to me was when he's talking to that south african guy you know, in the, in yeah. the middle of the desert. And he was saying something like, uh, you know how it is, uh, God's got you by the head, the devil's got your balls or something. 
<laughs> I quite like that. That's, that's my favourite line. Yeah. I was like, that's a damn good line. One of the other lines that sticks with me is um, when they're in the, the aeroplane and they're about to land in the Sudan. And obviously when you get to Sudan, it's a very rural and very different world there. And and the pilot says, better strap in. But you better strap yourself in. We're landing on the surface of the moon. Yeah. And it's kind of like prepares you that Sudan is a very different place to yeah. anything that we've seen previously in the film. I, I kind of thought there was a kind of nice bit of symmetry, but when they're coming back from the uh, the hospital, you know, with that w- woman who had the baby, she was looking after her, yeah. and they're coming back in their car, and they see mm-hmm. uh, like three, you know, like a, a woman and like two kids or something, yeah, struggling to get, yeah. by, and she wants him to pick them up. And he's like, like, no, I can't. He's like, come on, just. Oh, like, yeah. Well, there are yeah. millions of people in need, but you can help those three right there. And yeah. he's like, no, listen, I, I, no, just, I can't break yeah. the rules. Yeah, I know. can't. And then, why uh, not? <laughs> yeah, but then at the end, he kind of does the same sort of thing. Like when there's that raid on the uh, the village, he's like, you know, to the pilot, just save that oh. one kid. It's like there are hundreds of kids here. It's like just that one. But then the kid mm. like runs away. Yeah. But I think the kid wanted to run away anyway. To yeah, be fair. but. Just, I think he wanted to be. That's the. the, the well, he wanted the, to save the, the film. Kid. Had yeah. he wanted to save him, but I think the kid wanted to go back to his family yeah. anyway. So even though they're probably going to die, yeah. So it's just it's a very has a very strong moral complex complexity about uh, that scene. Yeah. Aside from the sort of uh, his sort of love angle and and trying to you know find out why she died for love and ruminating, it's quite a bleak film. It's quite, uh, yeah. yeah, it's pretty bleak. It's pretty much like, yeah, mm. you know, people are shit. Well, you know, it's possibly reflecting what could be happening right now with yeah. the coronavirus vaccine. Yeah. So. Well, actually, what was it? My dad was saying this thing about like when my uncle died, my Nigerian uncle, and that he yeah. had uh, malaria and that they reckoned okay. uh, he had like terrible side effects from the drugs and they don't think really? that they were properly tested. But, you know, that's just what my parents think. That could be true. It's it's possible. I don't know. My favourite line, I think, is from Tessa. Um, As I said, uh, we've been wondering, is that a standard cock-up, Mr. Ngaba, (laughs) or were pills converted into the limo you arrived in? Yeah, that's a good line. (laughs) I just think it's such a great sarky line (laughs) that really pisses people off in that party. What was your favourite line? I think I just said it, just with the guy saying, you know, God's got you by the head and the devil's got you by the balls. I just think that's a really good line. I'm definitely going to use it. You know, yeah. <laughs> in normal conversation, in normal conversation, <laughs> just anything. Did you get the eggs? Well, the God's got you by the head, the devil's got you by the balls. You know. So, what score would you give it for screenplay? Uh, maybe seven. I would go for none of this decimal dicking about. Just seven point three. You, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the strong swear words are coming out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna go. It's gonna go downhill from here. <laughs> I've set the ball rolling. Should we do directing then? Yeah, yeah, sure. I found the directing like really interesting. The fact that I think sometimes the director to set the scenes and things, he just um, gave the cameraman the camera and just <laughs> said, "Do what you want for a bit. Yeah. Just make it nuts." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, no, um, definitely. Um, it it does have that, uh, like, yeah, it's all I over do, the shop. It is really, all over. but in a good way. Yeah, in a yeah. Good way. 
I think with some scenes, actually, like the longer you're watching it, it feels more real. It feels more like it's a documentary or something. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, because in the opening scene, there's a Jeep crash, and it's quite interesting as there's loads of very strong, like, Dutch angle angles, mm. and it's quite disorientating, especially that first shot. It took me a few seconds just to work out what the hell was going on. And you're like, oh, yeah, the, a Jeep has crashed. Yeah. And then you get, on the other side, there's kind of an intimate style of directing as well, and kind of very playful, because in the sex scene, it's quite, you know, it's quite passionate. But at the same time, the characters are like giggling and doing these odd co- comments during the sex scene. It's it just feels very real and intimate. A lot of like shots on the characters are very tight, you know, really close. And there's one where there's a handheld camera on Wise just before she's going into the room to ask Fines to go to As- Africa with him, um, and she looks and the camera's like really close on her. She just looks really nervous. Um, and it just reinforces that intimate style, you know, because um, obviously after you've seen the film, you know, as we've said, it's the debate of did she actually love him for real or or not um, in that moment for her character? Is she is she doing the right thing, you know, for her own sake, just to lead this guy on for so for so long for her court for her own cause? Yes, yeah. it be a really big cause an important cause but but she's leading the guy on mm. um but as we said there's that ambig- ambiguity there that did she love him or not you know mm. some people say that they did love each other especially her or didn't they do you remember there was that bit where um she was getting out of the bath and he got like an email and he didn't want her to see it oh it like yeah, a- yeah 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 that's a great little bit of acting from him from Ralph Fiennes because at that time I don't think he wants to believe it it's just there kind of to put that in his head Mm. a little bit but he I think he quickly dismisses it I think but that she would never do that to him because their relationship is quite strong at that point yeah or when uh, she said like you know that they should name the baby Arnold. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You, I'm a sucker for transitions. There's two two shots that really stick with me visually yeah. in my head because of how unique they are. And one was after he's been beat, he's been assaulted in uh, his hotel room or something. Oh yeah. Room, you know, after asking questions and stuff, and like they beat the crap out of him. They you know put some stuff in his mouth to shut him up and then yeah. give him like a card which says you know you know what happened to your wife do you want that to happen to you and then they leave yeah. and in his days he kind of it replays the yeah. scene from her in the shower but he's still on the floor and yeah, i just i really, I really like, like that, that sort well. of stuff i thought that is a damn good shot because his head his head and shoulder kind of like frames the shot a bit yeah. of her in the shower so yeah. i've not really seen you don't see that very often when you look back on like memories in films where you actually have 
like character the, in in the present, exactly. looking back in the past. Yeah, you know, I think it's pretty good. I mean, there are there are some films that do it, but I thought mm. I wasn't expecting that, and that came really good. So you know, some films that I can take on my mind, you know, being a Marvel, whatever. But like the Winter <laughs> the Winter Soldier when he goes to the army base that happens. But I thought that was really well done, especially how like really colourful she looked coming out of the shower. You know, contrasted with like mm. you know the dankness of uh, you know his floor and mm. his room. And then just before that, I think when the his attackers leave, they're like play, just playing football in the corridor. There's a little yeah. shot where they're just playing football. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like a I big Dutch that. angle. Yeah, yeah. It's just as if, like, yeah, we do this all the time. They yeah. just send us where to go and we just beat someone up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what was it? Yeah. Even when they show the picture of the guys in the vans come to kill him, you know, they look like teenagers. They look really young. Yeah. You know? So it's like, yeah, most of these, you know, they're just doing their job or whatever. Yeah, it's quite, I don't know. It's kind of got a, a sort of, I suppose, very realistic but very kind of cynical look at, you know, at people and what they sort yeah. of do. I think one of my favourite scenes is when uh, Ralph finds, find out, finds out Tessa was only with him to blackmail the British government. Yeah. You know, he's in, and he's in the garden. He doesn't know what to do with himself. And yeah. like, he starts clearing the garden, doesn't he? Yeah, he finds us in Tessa's garden, and there's a shot where the camera literally goes all over the place while he's sitting down. Mm. Like the movement's just really weird, and it just kind of shows like the confusion of like just trying to process what the hell is going on. Yeah. Why has she done this to him? And then the whole scene is kind of intercut with earlier scenes where they were first together. Um, and finds is just kind of like sobbing at the window. The scene ends with an old, with an odd composition of finds like sitting, uh, sitting down, but he's like bottom right of the screen. Like the rest of the shot is like negative space. Hmm. This is a really odd composition. You get that sense of uh, finds his character is just so lost and just like very confused about what the hell is going on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, was his relationship all a lie or was it genuine, you know? Mm. So I thought that was really great, a great way to just trying to represent um, what was going on in his mind. Again, and going back to the Sudan scene, and when they first arrive, like there's these sweeping camera shots of of the local people, like crowding, crowding past the camera, because uh, you get this sense of of the people feeling really excited to see white people like <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah because i remember when i was in india on an in- internship you kind of had that as soon as i got my camera out on like we were in schools like filming teachers and mm. in break times when i took my camera out, you just most of the kids just crowded me you yeah know? <laughs> it's like take a picture of me you know, me. <laughs> you know it's just like oh bloody hell yeah <laughs> pretty cool yeah. yeah, and it kind of brought back that same feeling for me a little bit. Yeah, and it has this weird, you know, cultural divide where you know when you know certainly African people, maybe certainly children, when they see white people, they expect like big things or you know mm. money or a lot of help and things, but it's mm. just not always the case. Uh, well, I do like any scene with like Rachel Weiss just hanging around in Africa and just kind of a real feeling that it's kind of real. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of yeah. vibrant, and there's stuff happening, and, you know, there was a play, there's, you know, people singing and dancing, there's all this mm. stuff going on. And then uh, when Ralph Fiennes is, like, following through Africa in her footsteps, it was, like, really sort of quite strange. It's, like, less happiness and more, 
you know, people in queues for medication and, you know, and just kind of, yeah, just really sort of authoritarian and sort of like dystopian. The raid scene in the Sudan is pretty intense because they pretty much use all handheld cameras and they, they keep it quite tight. So it just reinforces the movement of the bandits on the horses and things. Yeah. It's just so like brutal and intense that scene during the raid. I was like, well, yeah, yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Literally yeah. stuff happening all over the shot. Yeah. Do you have a favorite shot? So I would say the one in his bedroom, you know, the flashback one with her in the shower. Like, yeah, I thought that's that a really was, good one. Yeah. That was a really good shot. It was so good that mm. it's still like just embedded in my brain. I was like, wow, that is a really, <laughs> really clever shot. You don't see, yeah, you don't see shots like that. Very you don't often. see them much. In terms not of, really. Um, you know, when they look uh, at memories, you ju- it's usually just a POV shot. Yeah, but with this, it still is. But you've got fines framing yeah. the shot as well. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of directors wouldn't do that. Yeah, or it completely um, changes location or area or or whatever or time of day. But I just love it that it was incorporated into the same sort of scene. It's like it's coming out of his head, basically. You know, my favorite shot is probably the extreme close up on um, Fines's eyes just before he's gonna die. <laughs> yeah. Um, quite morbid, but <laughs> it's just the intensity and and sadness and all that emotion. You could just see all his all of his emotion on his in his eyes mm. just before he dies. You know, I thought that was quite a incredible shot, really. And even you know the 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 shots of the landscape he's walking through um, before he dies is pretty incredible. Of the African landscape, it's just really mm. stunning. So I would probably give directing. About an eight point two. How about you, sir? Yeah, give me a sec. Uh, maybe an eight point <laughs> four. Uh, get moving on to acting. Any good acting moments for you, Sandy? Uh, yeah, he's pretty. Actually, I've just I've just kind of lo- clocked on. He's called Sandy, <laughs> and they're in Africa, which has a lot of sand. Is there a connection? Oh, great connection there. Maybe yeah. <laughs> I'm a genius. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've forgotten what I was saying. Yeah, I'm a genius. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so his acting I quite liked. You know, he's quite a slimy, yeah. slimy bugger. Just really, I don't know, there's just something wrong with him, you know. Bit of a prick. <laughs> he's a massive prick. When you first meet him, though, he does seem like a genuinely nice guy. And then uh, mm. it's just over time, it's like, no, he's just a tosser. You know, you he get... just wants to be with Rachel Fiennes' character, yeah. doesn't he? Tessa. Rachel Fiennes? <laughs> Rachel, Rachel Wine. Wine. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining Rachel Wise, a, I'm just go. imagining a mashup of Rachel <laughs> Rachel Wise and Ralph Fiennes. My god. <laughs> I don't know if that would be sexy. Rachel Wise, there you go. Fiennes <laughs> Wise. Yeah. Similar. Ralph Wise. <laughs> yeah. Ralph Wise. He's anyway. a wise man. He's a wise man. <laughs> oh my god. But um, yeah, I I think <laughs> the chemistry between those two though. Fines and wise um, is really great though. It's, it's so it's convincing right from the start. I would yeah, say. and you know, uh, props to uh, Ray Fines as well. I mean, he's always you know bloody terrific. So you know, mm. so that's good. Especially, I think more so. You know, when everything's going, you know, when she's tits definitely up. yeah, when everything's <laughs> going really tits up, and he's like basically having like mini breakdowns. So he mm. does a really good job every time. Ralph Fines finds out shocking news like the death of his wife or seeing the body and finding out his best friend Sandy had an affair 
Ralph doesn't seem to do a lot, but you know all the all the emotions are there on his face so clearly. But it's so subtle compared to all the other characters. I remember the scene when he does see Tessa's body. You know when they go to the morgue. Obviously, he looks shocked, but it's certainly done in a subtle way from Fines. But um, Danny Hudson, he like he's so like freaked out by the body, he just like throws up, and then Fines just like helps him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah I it's a very understated performance and very yeah. subtle. He's good at gardening as well. He, he really, <laughs> yeah. he really tidying portrays... up Tessa's garden. Yes, <laughs> he portrays a gardener very, very well. Ten out yeah. of ten. Um, but yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. When you said there oh, the constant gardener, I was like, what? "What? I don't want to watch a film about a guy constantly gardening. That sounds very boring." <laughs> no, it's an intriguing mystery thriller about. <laughs> Finding Dry, weeds, yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> finding weeds in in yeah in in the Sudan. <laughs> <laughs> My God, that would be a that's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you hear about that uh, one film that was like, what's it called? It was about fishing in the Middle East. It had a like hilariously oh kind of weird... salmon fishing in the Yemen. That's the one. Yeah, that's uh, With, that sounds so uh, weird. Was it Ewan McGregor? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never watched it, but I no, I remember <laughs> the trailer. I was like, what? Yeah. It's like, what the hell? I loved uh, Bill Nye's face when he hears the scandal coming out during the funeral. Oh, yeah, that was good. Um, for Tessa and Justin. He just looks brilliantly agitated and pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just... Uh, it's like his face falls. Yeah. yeah. His face fall- it falls like three, three miles down. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's basically, because uh, in the letter he's reading his words back to him. That was like what he was saying about Rachel Weiser's character and about, you know, what she was looking into. And then you get, after the funeral scene, you see these r- basically real kids following a guy, basically following a guy with a camera, as I said before, you know, jumping and smiling. And it's quite a sad moment because these kids could die of the drug Pyraxa. You know, they could kill these kids. Yeah. It could be one of them. Which is quite a powerful scene, actually. But I like when uh, the kid is like on the computer, just da 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 da, searching all these documents and stuff, and clicks a video, mm. and it's a video of uh, her like waking him up and stuff, and like he, they just yeah. like stand up and get out of the way so he can just watch some home movie. Oh uh, yeah, that was quite a sweet moment. Yeah, charming. Yeah, charming. So what's your favourite? Po- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Get a lot of charm into the next film. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're kind so of like Rafe, of... Rafe Fine's character, very posh and. Uh, <laughs> posh so, charm. what's your favorite? What's your favorite performance? I would say Sandy is probably up Danny there. Hudson. Yeah, uh, and then interesting. Yeah, I know that's a really interesting, weird sort of pick. And <laughs> then I would go with uh, Rafe Fine's, or maybe neck and neck with him and Rafe Fine's. You know. I'm going to go Ray Fiennes, to be fair. Yeah. It wasn't difficult for me, really. I, I think maybe the closest one after that was possibly Rachel Wise, even though she's not in the film. She's not in the whole film, but certainly she leaves a, an, an incredible impact after she basically leaves the film. Actually, I might change my answer. I'm going to go Rachel Wise. Rachel Fiennes? <laughs> yeah, Rachel Fiennes, you get Ralph Weiss. That's the one. Um, So acting, I'm... I'm going to score this pretty high, to be fair. I think it's quite impressive, the acting, I would say. I'm going to go 8.8. Like, I did quite like it. Probably not as high as that, 
uh, maybe like a 8.1 or just like yeah something like that or 8.2 maybe 8.2 alright let's tally these scores up for the constant gardener 47.9 so my pick then is the Grand Budapest Hotel yeah man that was an amazing um, movie Sorry, <laughs> sorry to interject. Yeah. Great, great choice. That was awesome. I'd only seen it once, but I, it was it left such an impact. I was like, yeah, I need to see this again. <laughs> mm. um, I mean, there were other films in contention. Like, I really like him in um, Harry Potter. Yeah, the Goblet of Fire. The end scene from him when you first see him as Voldemort for the first time. He is amazing. I was tempted to pick that, but yeah, that he just has such a brilliant like. Uh, British charm in the Grand Budapest Hotel. So directing, then we'll start with that. Yeah. So with the directing, I love the opening monologue between Tom Wilkinson and the camera. Like quickly pans to the right and shows his son trying to shoot him with a toy gun. And he's like, "No, stop it, stop it! I'm trying to explain the film." <laughs> you know? Do you remember that bit? Yeah, that was yeah. Just hilarious. Yeah, that um, was really funny. And his directing style is kind of cool because. It's everything's very symmetrical and um, geometrically correct. Everything's all in its place, kind of thing. And even with the tracking shots, it's all kind of like parallel with with the room or the landscape. Um, you're not you're not going to get a lot of curves or anything with Wes Anderson, and you know with the geometry of it, if uh, the camera will always be like kind of in the center of the room kind mm. of thing. So when you see that kind of stuff, you kind of know immediately it's a Wes Anderson film. Yeah, it was done really well. I did like, uh, as you said, how even tracking-wise, it's like the main character or whatever is immediately in the middle. There's a lot of like empty space and everything is uh, very symmetrical, as you said, just very symmetrical. And very clean and very bright and like the colours are quite rich and it's just, it's a really nice looking yeah. film. It kind of reminded me very strangely of like maybe a kid's pop-up book, you know, or... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's got that kind of feel. It doesn't feel real, but in a really good way. It feels sort of very surreal, very very dreamlike, very kind of like storybooky, mm. you know. Yeah, Fan- yeah, I agree with you in that sense with the animation. The animation has a very classic style, that very pop-up book style with you know the cable car scene and the the ski sled the ski chase yeah which is kind of cool yeah um just has that great extra charm to it with the animation or even when the hotel is revealed it just looks like it was it it was literally made with ruler and scissors and you know and colored bits of yeah. paper you know it's um it's just a very unique looking film it's so it's just so strange yeah, yeah. i i quite liked it you know the colours definitely like pop out a lot. You oh know, yeah, with their purple suits and things. <laughs> I like the aspect ratio change from. Well, no, it starts off with Tom Wilkinson's character in 1985, and then he becomes no Jude Law. Real, yeah. it's still yeah, yeah. They go back to 1968 in 16 by nine. Actually, hang on a minute. There's he's... quite a. Well, I was just going to say there's quite a few uh, trips back before you actually get to the beginning because. There's that little yeah, boy yeah. who sees the bust of the author who's been dead. Then he, she opens the book for the Grand Budapest. Yeah, that's, that's in 1985 with Tom Wilkinson. Yeah. Um, well, that that's in the, the book. The opening monologue. The bo- yeah, the opening monologue. Yeah, yeah. But it's like the, gir- the, gar- uh, the 
little person opens the book and then <laughs> that's Tom Wilkins, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. his character. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's his um, book. And then, uh, so there's quite a few time jumps in the first 30 seconds. Yeah. Then when you get to Jude Law's character in 1968, it's all in uh, 16 by 9, talking to the old Zero. And then when when they get talking, when Zero's explaining the story about Mr. Gustav, Ralph Fiennes' character, they go back to the 1930s and then they it changes to 4-3, like square aspect ratio. Hmm. It basically represents the, the times that they were they're going into with the aspect ratio, which I quite appreciated. And it kind of like shows as well the history of cinema a little bit as well, that in the 30s you would only see films shot in that square 4x3 uh, window. I must say, this film is fucking hilarious. As it well. is. Yeah, the com the comic timing is really funny. I was going to say one of my favourite lines is uh, is where like the cops uh, are talking to him and they are uh, saying that he's uh, a suspect for the old woman's murder, and he's like, "Oh, I see. Uh, there was no cause of death, and you think I did it?" And then he just runs. It's great, like, comic acting. But it's a great visual gag with no dialogue where they're in the prison and the prison guard is inspecting all the food. So he, like, uses his cleaver to chop, like, a yeah. uh, big sausage and, <laughs> and yeah. bread and stuff. And then a Mendel cake comes shaped like a hammer and chisel. <laughs> yeah. And he just leaves it because he doesn't want to ruin it. <laughs> yeah. And then just move, yeah, move that along. Chop that the good. bread. That was good. It's just that really funny. Actually, another uh, yeah. one is, um, do you remember when uh, they're breaking out from the prison and they open the uh, hatch and there's a bunch of cops playing cards and they're like, ah! And oh, one yeah. of them jumps in there and kills yeah. them all. Yeah. That and was then good. Ralph Fine says... Yeah, because he gets stabbed we'll as well. Yeah, I think, I think we'd call that a draw. It's like he I killed like five yeah. cops and then he died. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, the, the comic timing is really good. Yeah, it's generally quite a funny film. Uh, one of my really great, uh, clever shots that I liked is when we follow Jeff Goldblum's uh, character. He's been followed by William Defoe, and he gets on a tram in Lutz, and he pulls down the blind, and you see William Defoe on his motorcycle, and then <laughs> in the reflection on the window, and then when he brings it back un up again, he notices him. And then <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Then he pulls yeah. it back down, and you see him getting off the bike, going, uh, well, starting up the bike to try and chase him. Yeah. I thought it was really clever. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, uh, I was saying talking about comedy timing and and uses yeah. of action. When he chucks that uh, Jeff Bol Goldblum's cat cat out the window, <laughs> yeah. that had me in stitches. That was really funny. It's like, who are you working for? No, I'm, you know, I'm uh, meant to do this diplomatically within the law. <laughs> just throws his cat, and then he's like to his secretary or something. Did he just throw my cat out the window? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look out, there's a red splat like in the middle of this. Yeah. That was amazing. That was really good. But there's a great uh, bit straight after he gets on the tram, that scene. There's a great cat and mouse scene in the museum, but it ends quite brutally with Goff Jeff Goldblum's fingers being cut straight off in the door. I was like, shit, that was insane. <laughs> yeah. I visit, I um, audibly gasped, you know, at that. I was like, whoa, I forgot that happened. Yeah. <laughs> And then he picks up his fingers and puts them in his pocket. 
Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's definitely got a bit of an edge, this film, you know. Because yeah. um, it is quite sweary and sexual. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, do you hilarious. remember when they were, uh, when he was, Zero was talking about all the old women that um, Ray finds basically, you know, swoons? And you see all these, like, blonde old women, you know. So he's talking to one, yeah. kissing another, dancing with another. And yeah. the other one's just, like, <laughs> sucking his dick. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, insane. Sort of, yeah, it does a lot so of... many hilarious lines in terms yes. of his, like, sexual pleasures oh, with man. the older ladies. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, I think if we went through just how funny this film is and, like, how clever it is, we'd be be here, here like, all day. It's so clever. Like, literally, I wasn't expecting, like, every five seconds, like, there's something just so... So goddamn funny going on, or so. And most of it so is smart. pretty much from Ralph Fiennes. Yeah, you know, which is great. Ralph Fiennes is really good. Do you have a favorite shot when they get on the skis and stuff? So the actual oh, yeah, chase, yeah. that chase, it looks so quick. I was like, it, yeah, it just looks so ridiculous, but it's just so amazing at the same time. It's like this yeah. is absurd. Yeah, this film is just so beautiful in general. I think if you just picked most frames in this film you'd mm. happily put it on your wall you know um but i still think my favorite shot is the reflection uh bit in the tram it's just really clever yeah storytelling i was saying like um what's just kind of amazing uh not only was i saying like you it has a sort of pop-up book feeling to it especially like um you know when they focus on you know physical things like trams and buildings but that every kind of when it's a person in shot or one person or even a few and, and just the way it looks, it's almost like a painting. So you have like loads oh, of yeah. picture, like basically most of the scenes, it just looks like you could literally frame this as like a painting. And, uh, yeah. and then it's quite interesting that the, the plot kind of revolves around a painting, you know, that golden boy boy with apple. Oh man. It was, it was so funny <laughs> when they stole the painting and replaced it with those two naked women. <laughs> That looked really oh, badly drawn. Oh, man, that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's very dirty. Yeah. Um, another... Oh, man, there's so many good shots. Another one I really liked, actually, is when uh, uh, they meet the bad guy and he starts shooting at them. And then the uh, Grand Budapest Hotel guy starts shooting at him. And then the Nazis start <laughs> yeah. shooting at everyone. Adrian yeah, Brody, I think. Yeah, yeah. That was funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. So what do you give directing, then? Oh, man, I would... Give it like a nine point eight. That was that's literally one of really? the. I'm serious. Yeah. I would say uh, I'm glad you suggested that because that was literally one of the best uh, movie experiences. I would get. I was going to say I've had really? all year. <laughs> I've had all year, but it's only been four all days right. through the year. But I would say probably the best I've seen. <laughs> the best I've seen in quite a few years. I thought that was that was really really yeah. genuinely quite good. Yeah, I would definitely watch it again. I've, I'm already um, saying to loads of people now, watch the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, you know. I'm not sure I would go that high, but um, I think sometimes, I think for some people, his directing style is a bit of an acquired taste because his humour is so British. Mm. It's unbelievable. It's Um, very very dry. I wouldn't say it's dry. It's like, (laughs) um, it's quick. It's quick and it's witty. And it's also the characters. Yeah. The characters don't emote much. They're very. Just kind of, I don't know. It's just like the, sort of uh, very zero is it. very dry, isn't he? Yeah. Zero, he's very emotionless. 
I would say a lot of characters are quite, they're quite proper. They're quite, yeah, they're just, they've always got something to say. <laughs> British. <laughs> yeah, they're very British. But everybody has got a quick wit. It, it's, mm. I think the reason why I quite like this film so much is I never really watched that many Wes Anderson films. And the only one I think I've watched is uh, no. The Fantastic Mr. Fox. But I really like The yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox. And I was like, I yeah. quite, I just like the humor. Uh, Isle of Dogs is really good as well. Uh, I haven't they're seen so that yet. Animated. Yeah. Yeah. I should definitely watch that. So I'd go maybe 9.2. Um another thing I actually I was going to say for direction cuz I really thought I need to mention this but like towards the end of the yeah. film so through most of the film it's all colorful and vibrant and everything is symmetrical and tidy and I just love the contrast when yeah. he actually gets killed by the Nazis and they ask to see his pass mm. and everything goes black and white. And um, when yeah. you see them into shot, they're not tidy. They're all rough and stuff. Like you see everywhere, everything else yeah. has been like mm-hmm. tidy, symmetrical. They are not symmetrical. They're like teeth are missing and mm. like mud, and they're just dirty and you yeah. know and and grizzled. It's kind of showing that representation of going into a fascist era. Yeah, in the late thirties, I guess. Yeah, but I just kind of think that was that was a really good transition of like this film is so whimsical and it's so fantastical and it's so colourful. Like this is just it yeah. seems like a dream, and then when you see the Nazis, yeah. it's like no, like yeah, this is real now. You know, no fantasy mm. time. It's really dark the end because obviously Ralph finds that you get told that you get shot <laughs> yeah. after that scene. And Agatha, Saoirse Ronan, and <laughs> and her baby literally die within a few years. I'm like, bloody yeah. hell. Yeah. It's, it's pretty of dark. Of all its humour, it's it's really dark at the end. Yeah. Well, actually, I so. thought, because um, they do talk about a lot of the darkness. He he does say at the beginning that, you know, he didn't live to see a long time and, and his wife died yeah. and stuff. So he does kind of prep you, but you forget about it because of how just like <laughs> just crazy the film is. You forget that it's going to have this bad ending, but he's told you it's going to have a bad ending. I think the thing I dislike yeah. the, the most about... Uh, I'll get to it. It's more of a writing thing. But I was going to say another thing that was quite shocking is when a woman loses her head... And I thought it was his wife. I thought that's how his wife died. And it was just like a maid or something. But like that really oh, freaked right, me out. Yeah. Like he put <laughs> her head in a basket and the cops are like, yeah, oh, we yeah. got a woman's head. And I was like, that's how she dies? It's she- not almost a um, jump scare, wasn't it? That bit? Yeah, because they pull out the head. I was like, oh my God. But I didn't see her birthmark. So I was like, yeah, no, she's good. Yeah, She's good. <laughs> Yeah, that was. Yeah, I just re- I really like the film, man. I thought that was good. Should we do screenplay? Yeah, yeah. There are so many funny lines. Um, I've written a few down. <laughs> yeah, I think we've gone through a few, but you can just go on forever. Yeah. Um, I love the conversation Fines has with the lobby boy uh, Zero uh, about the old lady, the the countess, um, who whom he loves, and that who's just left the hotel near the beginning, and he says, "I've never seen her like that before." Hang on, let me do that. I've never seen her like that before. She was shaking like a shitting dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was so brilliant. funny. Yeah. Do you remember where he lambasts him for like not bringing uh, perfume and wine and stuff? <laughs> and he goes, I don't know if that's how they do it when in he your... breaks him out of prison. <laughs> yeah, when he breaks him out of prison. And you didn't bring the perfume? Are you mad? You know, I've been in prison. 
And then he starts lambasting him. He's like, I don't know what like foreign village you're from, where you and he just he's basically like racially insulting him. And he goes, and then Zero's like, I don't have any family. They were killed in the war. He's like, So you're a refugee. Oh dear God, boy, I'm so sorry. You know, he's like, I am a fool. But, like, uh, that, but then um, Ralph Fiennes is like, I'm going to have to stop you there because the alarm is going. You need to leave now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was just hilarious. Yeah. So British. I know. Um, it's just so great. Yeah, we kind of um, mentioned this as well, but <laughs> going through um, what Monsieur Gustav likes in in his women as a voiceover from the old not many teeth probably so yeah he says the requirements were were always the same they had to be rich insecure vain superficial blonde and needy uh while a woman is giving head to fines (laughs) to jude law asking why blonde (laughs) mentioning that needy thing which is hilarious Uh On the train, uh, Fines explains what the Countess was like, and he ends by saying she was dynamite in the sack, by the way. <laughs> and then Zero was like, uh, she was 85. I've had older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was funny. <laughs> that was, that was it was really just funny. so, like, s- straight, and yeah. she's like, yeah. So what if she's 85? Yeah. I've it's had just, 90, probably. <laughs> yeah. There's just so many, like, really quirky bits in the film where you're just like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? What um, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I like actually when William Defoe had him cornered, and he was gonna—he's like trying to stamp him down. And Ralph Fiennes is basically uh, saying, singing a poem. He's like composing a poem, and then just before he's finished the poem, <laughs> Zero pushes um, William Defoe off, and he's like, oh, yeah. "Fucking hell!" <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. No, he says. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Holy shit, you've got him! <laughs> yeah, that was it, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, we just say, like, ah! You know, scream <laughs> out or something, but he actually just says, holy shit, you've got him. You know, <laughs> such a British thing to say. <laughs> oh, um, man. I, I liked also so when good. they had to dress up like uh, monks. That was that was ridiculous. <laughs> There's just so many. There's so many. But like, if if this was a serious film, I would go. That's that's stupid. But because it's like this is just this world. It's just so daft. But it's just it's lovely. It's beautiful. There's a great scene where Adrian Brody's character confronts uh, Gustav after after the uh, will reading, and um, you know where all the oh yeah yeah, and, and he ends the speech by saying. He probably fucks them too. Um, <laughs> and then Gustav saves, I go to bed with all my friends. And he punches and punch, punch, punch. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. Because uh, what like, was it? He, somehow he, the lobby boy takes out Adrian Brody. But there we yeah, go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because doesn't he punches Adrian... Uh, no, Adrian Brody punches him. Zero punches Adrian Brody. And William Defoe punches... Yeah, punches uh, zero. Yeah, that was amazing. And then, like, William Defoe just turns around and then shows all his knuckles with his <laughs> rings and stuff. And you get, the, like, this, like, vignetting around around his face, which is kind of weird, but kind of cool at the same time. Yeah. Just Man, adds he... to that, like, quirky charm with that vignetting. Yeah, definitely. He was savage in that film. Just evil. Um, then you cut to one of the old family members asks the guy beside him who's, you know, in his 30s or something. He's like, where's Celine? And he says, she's dead. We're reading her will. 
Oh, yes. Anyway, I found that hilarious. (laughs) You know, you shouldn't laugh at that bit because obviously he's an old man. Now, there was... um, (laughs) Yeah, no, there's kind of weird bits that I kind of found quite funny. Like small bits, you know? There was one where he, uh, Ralph Fiennes is like reading... uh, He's talking about this huge philosophy on how to be a good... How to run a good hotel. And you, you're wondering who he's talking to, and it turns around, and I thought yeah. he was just talking to Zero, but it's the whole staff on one long table as they just eat like pigs, <laughs> like barely listening to him. Oh, yeah. yeah that yeah. was funny. That was, that funny. was quite funny. They come back to that a few times, don't they? In the film. Yeah. So have you got a favourite line? <laughs> oh, to choose from. <laughs> there is so much to choose from. It looks like a draw. That was really funny. That was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think mine is... Holy shit, you've got him! Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, 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 that was a really good one. That was, <laughs> that was good funny. One. Have you noticed also there, there were scenes where the detectives um, knew where uh, Gustav was going because of his damn perfume? Like, oh, yeah. They said it at the beginning. <laughs> he, he, he wore really strong perfume that you could even smell him at, way after he's gone. And they showed, like, even in the lift, mm. people were like, hmm, you know. And the, uh, you, can't the t- you can't compromise on how you smell, Bellas. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. Got to smell um, good. <laughs> yeah, so many people have told me. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. no, it was really good. It was really good. But I just love how like everybody, William Defoe is like, because like, they named the smell, but I can't remember what it was called. But he's like, ah, you know, and names it. and Something uh, exotic or something. Yeah, something yeah. exotic. And, uh, <laughs> and What's-His-Face does the same, uh, uh, you know, Bruce Banner. Um, just completely remember. the opposite Edward to Moore. these um, Vinnie Jones's adverts about brute. It's like it's just brute. You just put it on and yeah, whatever. <laughs> it smells good. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. Yeah. Um, Bob's your uncle. Fanny's your aunt. <laughs> now to the perfume podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so screenplay sponsored by Links. <laughs> Screenplay uh, 8.7. Okay, uh, I'll go uh, maybe 8.9. See, I suckered you in there to, to, to make <laughs> you score higher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm always trying right, to beat acting, you, even on, on your uh, phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's some of your favourite performances in the film? Because there's a lot of cameos. This cast is huge, isn't it? I know, yeah. It's really it's really nuts. Um yeah, Rafe Fiennes, obviously, you know, it's basically his film. There's, I mean, yeah, there's William Defoe, there's Jeff Goldblum, there's, uh, oh my God, it just goes on and on. Matthew so Almerick, Adrian Brody, William yeah, Adrian Defoe, Brody, Jeff yeah. Goldblum, Harvey Gaitel, Jude Law, Bill Murray, Edward Norton, Saoirse Ronan, Jason Schwartzman, Leia Sado, even Tilda Swinton is in there for a for a few shots, Tom Wilkinson. The cast is pretty insane. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember. Do you remember when he calls the cross keys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah then you get loads of cameos. Yeah, that. that's where most <laughs> of those cameos are from, I think. Because Bill Murray. I remember Bill Murray, and then there were a bunch of other actors, like big ones. But I just love how, like, Bill Murray phones a guy who is doing something like, uh, 
there, isn't there one guy trying to bring he's resuscitating someone and they're like there's a phone <laughs> yeah. call for you and he's like take over take and, over. The, and well, the guy takes take over, over yeah. they all say take over and the, he calls another guy and he's at a kitchen tasting soup and he's like it's a call for you take over you know it's just so ridiculous yeah it's brilliant yeah. it's like a weird spy movie <laughs> taking yeah. spy movies I guess yeah that was good yeah there's there's some little um great acting moments as well on the train just before Gustav and the lobby boy get into a scuffle with the soldiers they they all kind of like give each other the eyes you know before yeah. they like start a scuffle which is quite funny I thought and kind yeah. of very like cartoony acting <laughs> yeah 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 um, definitely. I love seeing Harvey Keitel as well I don't think he does enough work at all yeah. was, uh, you know other than bloody direct line guy <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, he was great with a bold cap and tat- tattoos all over himself. And I thought because he had his oh yeah, I, I completely stretched. forgot that that was her- Harvey Keitel. Really? No, I forgot that was her- Harvey Keitel. Okay, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. That was good. That was good. Yeah, I like that. It was weird because he had he kind of has when you first see him properly in in his monologue, he's got his arms stretched out in front of him. And it, I thought he was kind of like flexing his pecs a bit, but no, it was just like it's just bits of flesh wobbling. I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. ew, ew. <laughs> no, yeah, I might, said, I, you know, I might, I might uh, up the screenplay with mine, maybe nine point three. Uh, you can't change it. I now. can change, man. You're still gonna win. <laughs> I just, I just quite like Am it. I? You know, yeah, it's your film. Yeah, still gonna win. Uh, what did you go for? Uh, I I went eight point oh. nine. I'm gonna go up nine point nine. Yeah, nine point three. Yeah, uh, it's just it's a cracking film. It's so funny. Yeah. Any other acting moments you liked? Um, the adult zero. Any time like adult zero was either narrating or uh, you know just go, yeah just like he was just doing whatever crying or whatever. I just thought he was great. F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, he was a great great character. Favorite performance then? Actually, I might actually say that guy. Yeah, F. Murray Abraham. Um, even though it is like oh, really? a okay. Ralph Fiennes film, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, he's kind he, of the heart of the film, really, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah more than yeah. Young Zero. I'm gonna have to go with um, Ralph Fiennes again. I think he's just so brilliantly funny. He just has this incredible British humor. Yeah, he's just amazing in this film. Um, yeah. So acting, I think. It's very different, obviously, from The Constant Gardener. It's very subtle acting yeah. in The Constant Gardener, whereas this, it's very... Over the top. Um, <laughs> over the top. In some senses, from some of the characters, very cartoonish. That's yeah. the point, obviously. Which I think is slightly easier to do. Um, I think certainly with the line delivery, is very difficult. Um, saying it so fast, but still being funny, uh, mm. is difficult. So balancing those two things up i think i'd probably go 8.1 what about you sir eight yeah uh 8.1 solid yeah i'll I'll, I'll do the same one as well yeah um there's there's a thing also that must have been a you know just hell is like just how many times they must have had to rehearse because it's not only having to do it you know in this very specific way but also just to be in the middle, to just the proportions, like everything seems like it's done, you know, so precisely. With, so precisely, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because there's quite a lot of long takes. They're not yeah. like massively long, but a lot of the the long takes are kind of cut cut together, really. 
So it's certainly difficult in that sense. Yeah. Because it's quite a physical film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, let's add up the scores then for the Grand Budapest Hotel and see who is the winner for Ralph Fiennes' films. So the Grand Budapest Hotel gets 53.2 to... The Constant Gardener's 47.9. So the Grand Budapest wins this one. Mm. Uh, for this week. As always, Boaz, you've been on good form. Yeah. <laughs> for Ralph Fiennes movies. Uh, yeah. You're not so bad yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Um, could use a little practice, but you're all right. Yeah. All right, thanks. <laughs> right. That's it. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's pod. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast or suggest future topics for us to discuss, you can find us on Instagram at Film vs. Film Podcast and on Twitter at FVF underscore podcast. See you on the next one. Pod signing off.